We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Young Contested Podcast post-game edition. The Thunder have wrapped up the preseason schedule. Against the Memphis Grizzlies in a loss, 124 to 119. This is Jacob. I'm here to break it all down with you guys. This is the last preseason one we have to talk about. The next one actually counts. It goes in the books in the win loss column for the season. So that's exciting. We're almost here, guys. First off, before we get started, I just want to shout out we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find our podcast anywhere you download pods and at bluewirepods.com. So please go ahead and subscribe, and while you're there, if you want to leave a five-star rating, that would be incredible. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated on our part. And we have a lot of podcasts coming your guys' way this season. If you haven't already heard, we'll be dropping podcasts every Monday morning, big podcasts that kind of break down what's going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then after that, we'll have post-game podcasts for every single Thunder game this season. So go ahead and subscribe now so you get all of those downloaded straight to your phone or whatever device you listen on. That way you can wake up and relive the Thunder game the night before. Maybe sometimes you won't want to. Who knows? But go ahead and subscribe so you can get all those. But tonight we're going to talk about the Thunder versus the Memphis Grizzlies. So we didn't find out until right up around tip-off that Chris Paul would not play tonight. Uh, just rest. Nothing Nothing to worry about. Steve, uh, not Stephen Adams, sorry. Billy Donovan 
said, basically, yeah, Chris Paul's a veteran. He knows what he needs to do when the regular season starts. He doesn't need to get this this playing time in right now. So Chris Paul rested. Wasn't listed as going to get rest, but Nerlens Noel also set out tonight. He played a lot in Dallas the other night, so I don't think this was that big of a deal. And they probably also wanted to get Muscala a little bit more time, uh, get Justin Patton a little bit more time in the fourth quarter there. So just a chance to get a look at some other guys. Andre Robertson also did not play. That shouldn't come as a surprise. He hasn't played basketball publicly in like two years. So he sat out the entire preseason and the scrimmage. I'll touch on that a little bit more here in a few minutes. And then Terrence Ferguson, a very, very late scratch from the rotation tonight. Apparently Terrence got in a car accident on his way to the arena pregame. And because of that, he showed up pretty late. He's fine. There, There's no physical injury to anybody that was in the cars, uh, either his or the person that either he ran into or ran into him. I don't know the whole story. But he just showed up to the arena, arena late because of that. So nothing to worry about. He just, he just set out. Now, that one is fascinating to me, though, because... To me, I felt like this final preseason game was going to be like a bit of a tune-up game where we were going to see what actual rotations were going to look like, get a feel for what opening night might be. And so I was interested to see who was going to start. And I was curious, is it is Terrence going to get the nod? And obviously he did not because he, he was unable to. So that one was a little disappointing. I was kind of hoping to see Terrence get some burn tonight. And then on the flip side of the coin, Memphis sat pretty much everybody. Jaron Jackson played, but besides that, no John Morant, no Jonas Valanciunas, uh, no Jay Crowder. So they, they sat a lot of their better players for rest and got to look at some other guys as well. So it wasn't really the, the NBA's elite going up against it tonight. But let's talk about some some themes and some players and some performances from tonight and the preseason that I think maybe is important for Thunder fans to keep their eyes on as we move into the regular season. The first one that I want to talk about, uh, I mentioned it just a few minutes ago, and it's Andre Robertson. Uh, announced again tonight that he wasn't going to play. That means no preseason for Andre Robertson. And when directly asked if Robertson would be ready for the regular season next week, Billy Donovan said, I don't really know. And this situation it just kind of continues to, to go downhill, and it does not look good. Anybody that misses playing professional sports for two years and then tries to come back and play, it typically doesn't end well. It, 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 it doesn't go well for them. Robertson's been out for nearly two years now. We still have not seen him play. And Robertson, the reason he was a good NBA player was because of his defense. And the reason his defense was good was because of his lateral quickness and his athleticism. And when you have a significant knee injury and multiple setbacks and you don't play for two years, you're just not going to have that lateral quickness and that athleticism anymore. And so that's concerning. And he doesn't have any reliable offensive skill to fall back on. You know, it's not like, oh, even if he's not athletic, he can still shoot. We all know Robertson can't shoot, right? Offensively, his best attributes were getting out in transition and cutting and finishing above the rim. When you lose athleticism, that stuff goes down as well. 
I love Andre Robertson. From all accounts, he seems like a really high-quality human being. He seemed really fired up and excited to finally be back in training camp and trying to play basketball at media days. And so for him to not get any burn is is really, it makes me feel really sad and really bad for this guy because I want him to, to have those opportunities and they're just not going to happen. I At this point, I'm kind of thinking that Robertson's career effectively just might be over. Like, I don't know if he's going to get rotation minutes at all this season. I don't know if he's going to be able to get back to 80% of what he was. And at 80%, Andre Robertson just probably isn't an NBA player. So he might just kind of ride out the bench this year, play some spot minutes, that contract expires, and and maybe tries to find a deal overseas or something. I'm not sure. It's all still up in the air, but I'll just tell you that it, it just does not look promising. So I feel really bad for Andre. I, I still hope that he can get it all together. It's just all of the information we have, all of the evidence we have, everything that we can look at objectively just doesn't look good for the guy. And that it's it's really upsetting. It's kind of depressing. It makes me sad for him. Uh, so because of that, let, let's shift gears here because I don't want to just record a podcast where I just talk about sad things the entire time. There were a handful of, of performances tonight from Thunder players that I think should have Thunder fans excited, uh, energized, and optimistic about going into this season. The first one, I want to talk about Steven Adams. Even though Jonas Valanciunas didn't play tonight, I think Memphis kind of sees Jaron Jackson as a center long-term. Steven Adams just kind of abused him tonight. He Adams was just very clearly the biggest, the strongest, uh, most physical guy out there on the court tonight, and nobody could really hang with him. Uh, he he had a wonderful game. Uh, so 25 minutes, he had nine points and assist, 12, or sorry, 12 points, nine rebounds. I apologize. One assist. And I mean, some of the the points he was getting early on in the game, he had this beautiful spin move off a pick and roll that he finished at the rim. Uh, he got a pass on the post, was very patient, ended up with a smaller guy on him, spun off of him, and then dunked on somebody else close to halftime. Two guys were trying to box him out. He weaseled his way through, snagged a one-handed rebound, and then just went back up and punched it. I think Adams is primed for a very promising season. Chris Paul is the kind of player that consistently keeps his big men uh, fed, keeps them going. And that's something, I mean, in the past, we've seen Steven Adams start games incredibly hot, like 10 points in like the first six minutes, and then not get another touch like the rest of the game. I don't think that's going to happen with Chris Paul running the, the point at this team. I think he's going to continually look to get Steven Adams involved. And throughout the preseason, we've actually seen Steven kind of as an integral part of the offense, like running the show, catching the ball in the high post, uh, running dribble handoffs catching, facing the basket, looking to either drive or make a pass. I think we should be primed for probably the best season of Adam's career. And that's really exciting. I think he's going to be really good. Every time he's been on the floor in the preseason, it's been incredibly positive. So I think we have a lot of look, a lot to look forward with Steven Adams. Uh, I also, maybe this is just a biased opinion, but I think he stays on this team. I don't think he's going to get traded. And I'm, I'm just excited to watch him continue to grow because he's a really fun player. 
Next guy I want to talk about, the guy that maybe won't be on this roster long-term, but just continues to be a really good player, is Danilo Gallinari. My God, if you watch that guy shoot a basketball, it's it's so beautiful. I I went to the, the preseason game down at the peak tonight with my father, and every time Gallo shot the ball, I just said, watch him shoot it and watch the backspin that's on his jumper. It's just, it's disgustingly good. Like, oh my gosh. Gallo ends the night 16 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. He can just, he can shoot the hell out of the ball, man. It's, it's so impressive. Also, I think one thing that a lot of people don't really notice about Gallo, uh, if you don't regularly watch him, he gets to the free throw line a lot. He's got a lot of nice little moves down there on the block, uh, off, off the dribble he can draw defenders up in the air because of the threat of that shot and then get them to foul him he's just he's crafty he's good he's he's gonna fetch the thunder something nice on the on the trade market and honestly I think they're gonna try to trade him as quickly as possible I think they want to get peak value for him before other power forwards get on the market and kind of lower value right because when supply is up um and demand is up. It, that's not the, the the demand will be there a little bit, but there's a lot of fours that could be moved this year. And so, if the supply is really high, you just don't get as much, you know, because oh, you want so much for Gallo. I'll go find somebody else that can do ninety five percent of what Gallo does, but a team that's willing to take less for the trade. So, I think the Thunder are going to jump on the first offer they can get. I don't know how long Gallo will be in town, but he's really, really good. Uh, speaking of forwards who can stretch the floor and shoot it really well. Mike Muscala tonight, 17 points, uh, no rebounds, no assists. But man, running that pick and pop with either Schroeder or Shea and just catching the ball above the break and firing those threes, he's like automatic. He can shoot it really, really well. And I think that's going to be a really nice weapon for this Thunder team, especially coming off the bench. Now, the interesting thing about Muscala is this entire preseason, all of his minutes have come as the backup five. He's really played no minutes at the four, which is what I thought he would play. I think that's what a lot of people thought he would play here because if he is a five, then the Thunder have four centers on the team, Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel, Mike Muscala, and Justin Patton. And that that's a lot of centers, and something has to budge there. So it'll be interesting to see as the season goes on if Muscala starts to get more minutes at the four, or if the Thunder make a move with one of their centers and, and trade them away, maybe a, a Nerlens Noel trade, for instance. Um, okay, before I talk about the rest of the guys that I want to talk about, first I need to tell you guys about our wonderful sponsor for this podcast tonight, uh, which is ShipStation. So when you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Uh, It's time-consuming, it's expensive, so many carriers to choose from. So how do you know you're making the best choice? Well, that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage all of your shipping orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, helps you save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, if you have things for sale on Amazon, if you're selling cute little Thunder things on Etsy, uh, or your own website... ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device. You can even run all the shipping stuff through your cell phone. 
ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, Amazon Fulfillment. You can compare all of those, choose the cheapest option, choose the fastest option, whatever's best for you and your customer. So it's no wonder why ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time at the best rates available. So right now, all uncontested listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE, like the thunder color, BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You don't even have to type in your credit card info. You can just go in, uh, set up an account, no credit card info required, and get 60 days for free. When you're done, if you don't like it, you never had to put in your credit card info, but you will like it and you'll probably want to continue on. Just visit ShipStation.com, click the microphone on the top of the homepage and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. I feel like I ended the last post-game podcast I did the same way, but it's needed. We got to talk about Shea and we got to talk about Darius Baisley. Uh, Let's start with Darius Baisley first. This kid just continues to show stuff. It's going to be hard for the Thunder not to put him on the court this year. Tonight against Memphis, they they mixed it up a little bit. We saw Baisley get a lot of minutes at the three tonight instead of the four, which is kind of fascinating because right now the Thunder's three are Ferguson, who's a little undersized. He traditionally plays the two. Hamadou Diallo, also really undersized for the two. Diallo's smaller than than Ferg. Then you have Robertson, who we don't know if he's going to play. You have Burton, who I love Burton. He's just not that great. And you have Abdul Nader, who also just not that great. So they gave Baisley a lot of burn at the three tonight. And honestly, it was really impressive. What I saw again tonight just made me say, wow, at 19 years old, this kid is just doing things. Defensively, he's continually in the right place. He's contesting shots at the rim. He's moving his feet. He's communicating. Those are all really positive things, especially for a 19-year-old rookie. Basley's stat line tonight at the end of the game, and some of these came uh, in kind of garbage time at the end, but nine rebounds, six assists, seven points. That's really good. Six assists. And the most impressive assists were twice it happened where he, the first one he drove in, he he got the ball, he put it on the floor, and he drove to the hoop. The second one he cut, and he caught a pass, and then took one dribble to the hoop. Got up in the air and drew an extra defender. And then was cerebral enough and smart enough and had a good enough feel to then kick out to where that defender came from to an open guy at the three-point line. The first time he kicked to Gallo, open three, bang. Second time, he kicks to Abdul Nader, open three, bang. It's super encouraging. Like, those are the types of plays that we didn't see from guys like Abdul Nader. Uh, We haven't seen from guys like Deontay Burton. We didn't even really see from guys like Jeremy Grant. The fact, most of the time, rookies and young guys are at the opposite end of the play. They're the one catching the ball and trying to shoot it. Baisley is intelligent enough, patient enough, cerebral enough 
to be making these plays instead of finishing them. And as a 19-year-old, that is incredibly promising. And I think this kid has a lot of upside. I also love him because he's a lefty. But he can handle, he can pass, he's got to work on the shot, he can defend, he can rebound a lot better than I thought he could. He's going to get burned. He's going to be in the rotation. I'm almost positive he's going to be in the rotation come night one. He's, he's just got something to him. The Thunder may have found another one in the rough there in the 20s in the draft. And I, I'm really excited to watch how this kid is going to progress throughout the season. And his progression is not going to be linear. Right, It's just not going to be a straight trajectory up. There's going to be ups and downs for a 19-year-old in the NBA. But the thing is, at the end of this kid's rookie contract, he's only going to be 23 years old. Like The sky is the limit for this kid right now, and I'm really excited to see where he can go. How does he look at Christmas time versus now? How does he look in April versus Christmas time? Right, We're going to be able to see over time, growth from this kid. And I'm excited to see what that growth looks like and how he progresses. Speaking of growth, we got to talk about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. This kid, we keep saying it over and over and over again, but it's so true. He's just so smooth, man. He had a play, I think in the first quarter tonight, where he started to drive in and had a little hang dribble, a little hesitation just enough to get his man to relax and then blew right past him for this little scoop layup. He is so good getting to the hoop. I thought tonight he play made a lot better. Shea's final line for the night, 17 points, five rebounds, three assists. I think as he starts to learn his teammates a little bit more, as they, they start to become more cohesive, his assist numbers will rise, but he can just score the ball. I'm hoping to see him shoot more threes as time goes on. There's sometimes where Shea will catch the ball out at the three-point line and he'll wait till a guy comes out to him and then he'll try to drive on them. I think if he starts shooting that three ball when he catches it and he's open, those closeouts will come a lot faster and it'll make driving for him a lot easier as well. So hopefully he starts shooting the ball. I'd like to see Shea, about to say she say, like to see Shea get like four threes a game up. I think that would be a good number for him this year. I think last year he was at like two and a half. I'd like to see him get four threes up a game this year. I think that would be a good number. Uh, last year he shot like 36 or 37% from the three-point line. Even if they're just catch and shoot and like one of them's off the dribble a game or whatever, just want to see him shoot a little bit more because I do think he has a nice stroke. And then when he gets going to the hoop, man, it's beautiful. Floaters, finger rolls, reverses. He's... He's just in his bag all night, and it's so much fun to watch. So I'm really excited for this kid. I think Thunder fans should be excited for this kid because he's going to lead this team, and he's already doing a great, great job. I'm excited to see what he looks like for an entire NBA season uh, coming off that, that promising rookie year. So, guys, I think that's probably all I got for you tonight. The next time the Thunder play will be next Wednesday night in Utah, actual regular season game. That one's going to count. It's going to go in the books. So as we get out of here, I just want to say again, thank you guys so much. It's been a long summer. It's been a really eventful summer here in Oklahoma City. And us at the Uncontested, we just we appreciate you all that listen to us so much. I actually just got off a phone call with co-host Nick. And we're just talking about how awesome this experience has been doing this podcast. 
And that's all because of you guys. So thank you so much for following along, for sticking along with us. Again, we will be dropping podcasts every Monday morning and after every Thunder game. So you get a 20 to 30 minute post-game podcast from us after every game and about an hour-long podcast every Monday morning just talking all things Thunder basketball. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That way those will download for you automatically as the season goes along. If you'd also leave a five-star rating for us, that would mean the world to us. We're seeing those numbers, those rating numbers continue to climb. And it's just, it's really exciting. It's kind of validating for us and it makes us feel good. And it helps out the podcast more people see us. So if you guys would do that, that would mean the world to us. We will be back with you again Monday night. With we're sorry, not Monday night, Monday morning with our Thunder season preview podcast. It's going to be a fun one. You're going to want to make sure you catch that. So be on the lookout and we will talk to you guys then. Have a great rest of your, of your week. The Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.